Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Reggae Lover Podcast. This is Khalil Wanda. And this is Agard. What up, people? Thank you so much for tuning into an episode of the Reggae Lover Podcast. I want to thank all my listeners tuned in right now on niceupradio.com live. Yeah, and a shout out to all the listeners listening on all digital streaming platforms across the world. Thank you. Today's episode breaks down another part of the reggae ecosystem. We've been focusing on the entire ecosystem this season, and now we're bringing in some of the musicians that play an instrumental role within the reggae music industry. And you'll learn exactly how that happens. We have a guest with us all the way from California, Stevie Culture. Yeah, man, this was a a very big learning experience for me. We always see backing bands and you know we see session musicians in in documentaries and a lot of different things but to hear about the life of a musician in these backing bands for reggae music is just an amazing thing and my mind was blown because you know you don't necessarily think about the lifestyle the culture of it because we're, we're so in tune to the artists front men you know the producers that's right. So Stevie Coulter comes from, of course, Jamaica. Got a world of experience, literally having toured around the world a few times. Performed on some of the biggest shows that reggae has to offer and backed some of the biggest artists as well. And I just want to say Stevie Coulter has a lot of energy. And I'm glad that he brought that energy to this conversation because, you know, musicians couldn't have picked a, a better spokesperson for the role that they play in reggae music. He's very passionate about the culture of the musicians in these reggae bands. So, and, and you'll hear that very soon. Totally agree with that. Let's, let's cut to the interview. Yeah, man, we're here uh, with Stevie Culture. Wagwanyo, welcome to the show. Yes, bless up, bless up. It's an honor and a pleasure. I love this program. I should say first and foremost. Give thanks for having me. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, and you're out in uh, California, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been living in California going on 12 years now. First of all, what part of California you're in, and can you kind of describe your as a Jamaican living there? You know, kind of describe for me your um, take on the California scene and and the reggae vibe in that part of the world. So um, where I'm at right now is kind of like the original reggae fan base. I'm, I'm up in um, a place called Humboldt County. Okay. Where, yes. Yeah, one of the biggest reggae festivals. It's been, it's been going up like 35 years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm going. <laughs> you know the lake. So, you know, I, I came here to my backing band business and met some friends. And then they, they invite me here because I'm the Jamaican that, you know, they kind of can rap with. And they invite me to come over to like hang out with them and show them some vibes and be a part of their band and help them, you know. So I've been living here ever since, you know. 
end up marry a girl here and you know have a wife and some children and just living here now loving the vibe living the life <laughs> eh yeah hippie vibe <laughs> <laughs> if we should live <laughs> up in the hills <laughs> some nice yeah, nice sentient thing yeah <laughs> you know you know what's up <laughs> yeah man yes general <laughs> for real sounds like there's a little jamaican community there in addition to the the americans who um you know kind of take up the reggae thing and run with it and to be honest with you it's a small amount of jamaican but the people who live here embrace the vibe so much and love it and support us for years to the to the point where i feel at home like you know everybody's reggae fans over here everybody just love the music to the point that where you know where, where i'm from in jam rock which we'll talk about later we play all kind of music mm. so one time i was playing my, my set list and like some anita Baker come in and some people like freak out like what i can't believe you listen to that <laughs> <laughs> i'm like no bro we listen to everything we're not because they set their, their, their playlist don't have nothing but reggae and roots and dub so they were surprised to see me have an r&b song mm. in my playlist right. i was laughing my, my friends almost have an heart attack like man you listen to that i'm like bro we listen to country we listen to everything bro right yeah and be like a musician from jam rock we always listen to everything you know because where we're from we play everything we play every kind of music as a musician you know so we never really have no hang up over what kind of music we play and what we listen to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think people that are not from Jamaica don't really understand like how diverse the music is oh. in Jamaica and how much we listen to everything, you know. They just think reggae and dance yeah, all along. <laughs> you're kind of funny, right? Yeah, you're, you're from a reggae country and everybody outside, outside of Jamaica just embrace it and die hard fan mm-hmm. and believe that you are from Jamaica. You wouldn't know anything else but well, they will be surprised when they come there. Even the radio station, man. Mm-hmm. R&B, everything there, bro. Everything. Yeah, and even more than reggae, music. right? Sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And reggae, reggae came from R&B anyway. So, you know, it's like a trade-off. You know, reggae, copy the style from R&B and, and then hip-hop is from reggae. So it's like a, a, a intertwined relationship between Jamaica and the United States from way back, you know? musically yeah. yeah definitely yeah so how did how, how did you uh get your start in music all right so here, here's what we're going to talk about now so we're going to talk about band business and backing band because that's because mm-hmm. you know musicians we're not really um too inclined to boast about what we do we're like the invisible hands in the business that do things and people just see us we are there in plain sight but people don't really know so in Jamaica, the music industry is, comp- is composed of four compartments. So you have the, 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 the production, which is the number one, where are the producers and arrangers and sound engineers and all these things. Then you have the artist compartment, where artists live. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, artists they, and, and managers, people think artists and managers hang out. But mm-hmm. it, 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 it's so in a certain way, but... Artist is more light-hearted and like me, you know, happy and bubbly. And, you know, <laughs> promoters and, and, and managers, they are serious people. They have to talk to people. They are the perfect definition of, like, you don't mix business with pleasure. So, you know, art, you will go to the studio and you see the artists outside and that tree. 
hanging out, talking, running jokes. And you're going to the, in, in the studio now, you see serious people on the phone calling, making calls. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Then, and then you have your compartment, oh, because you had the sound man. Your compartment mm. is the compartment. Wake the town and tell the people. So, you know, <laughs> your, your, your compartment is like the PR where you play the music and take the music to the people. So you would more hang out with like more other DJs and promoters and you have your circle. Artists come in and out, but it would be mm. more like a dub plate and you're putting on a show. Yeah. Artists would have, you know, been at your circle. Then now you have the musician circle now, which right. is where I live. You know what I'm saying? Where the musician circle is a wide circle because you have drummers, bass players, keyboard. So our, our, our circle is like huge. So... To, 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 to be whatever compartment you choose would be like, it have a location that comes with it. So if you want to be an artist, you would more gravitate towards going to Kingston, where all the producers and other people are. And if you're a sound man, mm -hmm. you know, sound is the most universal because you can have a sound anywhere. You, know, right. you understand? You know, because, you know, bodyguard comes from, right. from Clarendon. Yeah, country sound. You know, all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. The sound can be anywhere. Mm -hmm. But if you're, if you're an aspiring musician now, you would be more gravitated towards the northwest side of Jamaica, where all the tourist industry is. You know? Because when we are on the northwest now, we're, we're in the, the, the place where like live music play every night. Mm -hmm. So you will find all the keyboard players, the drummers, the bass players, they would be on the north side. But we have an industry down there now that a lot of people don't really know about because everybody know about Jamaica for the artists and the music. But the backing band now is the people now who come out and support the artists and back up the artists and make the show great. But the, the people them see we on stage, but they don't really pay attention because when you come to a show, you come to see the artists, you know? Yeah. And then the musicians now, we are so focused on making sure that the show is tight, that we don't have no time to socialize. <laughs> right. If you ever go to a yeah. show, I see us musicians, we're always having on our headphone and we, you try to talk to you, like, yeah, yeah, nice meet you. Okay. We have to stay focused and laser sharp because our job is to make sure that the audience have a good time. So we don't really, we don't really into like promoting ourselves and be up there, but we are there, you know? Mm -hmm. So my starting music now is in the west side of Jamaica and the north side from Montego Bay to Negril to Ocho Rios. And we just play music live every night, bro. That's where the live music is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So which instruments is your specialty or is it everything? So my, my I play everything, but I specialize in, I'm, I'm the out front singer. So maybe that's why I'm so inclined to like tell the story because our regular musicians, they don't really like to talk in microphone and talk. And, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, my job is to just stay on this and play my keyboard or whatever. So I, I'm like the front man always, but I play drums and keyboard and bass and everything, you know? So oh. occasionally I'll get called to play like a keyboard. Sometimes I get called to play drums, you know? I, because I'm the, the front man, I, I, I figure out, like, how to, like, mess around with everything. But I'm not as good as my peers. Because <laughs> when, when my friend them see me I play music, I'm like, sing how we are though. Because that's the next thing again. <laughs> that's the next thing again in, 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 in reggae. Every artist is called by their instrument name. You know? Right. Drummy. So if you're a, if, yeah. yeah. If you're a drummer, you name Drummy. If you're a keyboard, you name Keyboard. If you're a bass player, you name Bassy. So me, you know, me a singer, you know? 
everybody know me as the singer, singer, one more singer. You know? So um the, the fact that the um the interview is not about me per se. What I would like to do is like shout out some of the musicians that inspire me and all the bands, the backing bands that I've played with and hang out with. The the bands that initiate my interest in playing music would be like, you know, the great Sly Rabbi. They have a backing mm-hmm. band called the, the Taxi Gang, yeah. Roots Radders, right. Light Parts and the We the People band, mm-hmm. 809 band and Fab Five. Those people are like the hybrid of reggae because they're like both session musicians who plays on the track and then they tour with artists as well. Right. And then now the people now who cemented my 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 um my decision to be a musician, who just say like why when I grew up, this is definitely what I'm gonna do, would be Sagittarius with the great Derek Barnett. The man there used to be a Derek Barnett and the Saggy Yao. Big up Derek anyway there. And then you also have a band back in the day called Rhythm Kings as well. And then another band called City Heat, which ended up back in Supercat for most of his career. Mm. Then now, the, the people who I work with now, like friends and colleagues, my first band that I joined was called New Birth, which is appropriate because it's my first band, Teenage Year. Then you have a Fifth Extension band, Ninja Force band, CN band, Prophecy, which was Capitan back in band. Yeah. And I was a part of that as well. Okay. And then, yeah, all my friends and associates now. It's a list, but just give me a second. Because I have a big up. Yeah, yeah. We love them. So you have Gumshan Band, Karshan Band, Rough Cut, Blaze Band, which was Beanie Man Band, Firehouse Band, which was Sizzler and, and um, um, Luciano. Then you have Japassel, which was Garnet Silk Band, Ja Children, those people on the West Coast. And you have Live Wire, I Need, Indica Band, Roots Explosion, Tweetwise. And there's another band from here, California, that used to come to Jamaica called Masawa. You know, mm. so it's, a, it's, a, it's about a million band, but yeah. these are the people that I was close with. And, you know, so I have to pick them up and say, thank you, bro. Some of these people I haven't talked to them for like 20 years. But, you know, I said, well, the link can't end, you know, <laughs> straight up. So in my fields of work now, how it used to work now. So we used to be in the grill, you know, in the tourist industry. And we play live every night. Now, I came to the grill. In a time when, bro, I've been blessed to be on stage with some of the most iconic people that ever play reggae music, bro. At the time when I came to Negril, 1992, mm-hmm. when I came there, I, I ended up at a place called Kaiser Cafe with the Fifth Extension Band. Now, what used to happen in, in Negril those days was the people that used to record in Kingston, and you know that, I said that already. But they used to come to Negril to play live. So we end up playing for Dennis Brown, Yellow Man, everybody. The three male artists that used to come at Kaiser Cafe was like Dennis Brown, Yellow Man, and Charlie Chaplin. They used to come there like every week, <laughs> almost. Same. Like if, if they book a show, if they say it's a book cocotte and he, he couldn't make it, then either Yellow Man, Dennis Brown, or Charlie Chaplin would be on standby if they're available. So back then, no, bro. They used to have every venue they used to have a night and the, everything was so fun and respectful that my, my, my venue used to have two nights. We used to have Wednesdays and Fridays. What used to happen is the venue and all the promoters back then, bro, they worked together. If my venue having a show, then no other venue have a show that night. So mm. all the people were heard to us. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And then, yeah, and then when, when, when um, MX3 have a show on a Thursday, then everybody goes there. Nobody was competing with each other. And the musician as well, 
when we're not playing, we used to go watch our friends play and then that's how we get better because if a man plays something tight and we're like, what? You hear that? Yo, you see how the money <laughs> so The competition was like friendly and great and everybody was just loving and kind. And if you don't know something, we'll show you, uh, you know? And we, we, we build up a, a relationship and a brotherhood where if I'm not there to sing, I can call one of my friends and be like, yo, I'm going to go out and do something. You know, Could you go cover for me? And I'm going to be like, yeah, of course, man. Uh, you know? So it's that intertwined with our relationship as musicians. We just, I wish it could come back to those days, bro. But those days were fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds, it sounds uh, unbelievable. <laughs> oh, yeah. When those days were going down now. What we do now as as a musician and me as a band singer, we created the social media of that time. Because back then in the 90s, it's not like the internet was available and people would know what. So tourists used to come to Jamaica now and they don't know what to expect because they used to just look into magazine and brochure and maybe somebody come to Jamaica and be like, yo, you need to go to Jamaica, bro. It's fun. So when they come to Jamaica, they don't even know what to expect. Yeah. So when they came there now, we as band singers now, we used to sing the songs to them. And some of them never even know nothing about Bob Marley, bro. <laughs> they used to come to Jamaica and think that Bob Marley was the only artist. <laughs> so we'd be singing Garnet Silk and Tony Rebel and all the people who was popular as the band singer. And they used to think it's our songs. <laughs> they just, mm, yeah. just run up to us and be like, yo, you guys sound so good. Can I get you? Your, 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 your CD no back then it was like the end of the cassette era into the CD era yeah. so we yeah. now used to sing the song tell them who sing it and send them to the record shop to buy it you know what okay. I'm saying right, stimulus right. You know for the I'm economy saying? right there right and then because they come to Jamaica now they could have come to a dance hall because you know they're tourists and right. you know you can't just shove them into a dance hall with a bunch of <laughs> Jamaican beat in fence and yeah, it would freak them out <laughs> so they get to get a bite-sized yeah, yeah, um, yeah. version of reggae, tasty, like, oh, listen to this, check this out. Some of them becomes a hardcore reggae fan, like I was telling you, to the mm. point where they listen, nothing else. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. reggae, because, and then we becomes friends with them now. So they keep returning, and then we teaching them more and more to the next thing, you know, them start talk reggae, because now they know what to do, and they search for the history and start reading about it. Till they start teach me things that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, that's how it always going. Because when you leave the culture, you don't really take the time to like go deep in it. You just live there and it's there. So they will tell you who play which bass line and which track, and you're like, how oh, you know that? Because I bought the magazine and I read and I saw that fully full was the bass player, and I'm like, oh shit, you know more than me. <laughs> <laughs> so that is how we. And the tourist industry push the reggae music on the international market unknowingly to the people in Kingston. Because when you're in Kingston, all you're, you're interested in is doing the plate, recording, tune, the artist class, studio, voice, and all these things. While we are down there now promoting their music for them. Now, the next thing we do as band singers now, that even make it even more great for the musicians and the artists. When we are singing these songs, we are rehearsing the band for the artists. Yeah. You understand? So we mm -hmm. are up there singing the song and the, and the band are getting tired mm -hmm. and wicked. So when the artists come, I do it. We, we used to go to a rehearsal in Kingston 
and the artist and the manager them come, you know, the manager come and say, yeah, yeah, this, that, that. And then they walk outside and the artist come in and rehearse. I run two tracks and just walk out of the rehearsal room. <laughs> and, and, and the manager would be like, oh, so the rehearsal is done? And they're like, dude, the man them bad, bro. The man they know everything. <laughs> <laughs> the man they know everything, road boy. And I say, what? Really? I'm like, bro, we're going there, I'm just a car with him and... And my name was a real half with him, a real half with him. Man. But for real, so I was up myself, man. Man, yeah. I know everything, bro. Yo, so I got to tell you, man, you're giving us yeah. a real education right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I know I, I've always wondered, like, I've been in a lot of these shows and, you know, I live in Atlanta now, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened, you know, an artist will come, like you said, you know which, who's performing, the headliner, Capleton, Cocotti, whoever. And it'll be like a little line on the bottom of the flyer somewhere. Such and such a band. You know what I mean? Ah, so yeah. and so with this band, right? And then um, sometimes it's those shows where one band is playing like for hours and all these different I was artists. Get to that. Yeah, all these different. And I'm wondering, like, yo, how in the world these dudes just sit there or stand there all night and play everything. They're playing everybody's music better than the record. And you know what I'm saying? Like hyping yeah. up the crowd. And I'm like, yo, how in the world is this? You know, it's, it's truly a magical thing. So I'll, I'll let you continue. <laughs> you know, no, what, what, what you're saying now is, is, is we, as the band singer, give that mu the musician those tightness. Mm. Because we play every night, bro. We play every night. And our job now as the singer is to learn, uh, like I used to have a bass player, bro. <laughs> that man used to know, if you saw Mama Africa by Garnet Hill. Yeah. Yeah. I got introduced to that song by my bass player because he used to listen to the reader every day, bro. And in every, every new tune, he would come to the real song, singer, you hear that tune? Yeah? I'm going which tune? Is it Garnet Hill? Yeah, man, we know that. No, man, you would. You have a brand new tune, man. And then and him start playing. And I said, no, man, why? Like, oh, yeah, singer, you don't know them tune them, are you? You know, do you work, you know? <laughs> so now, he will, like, go home the night and just bring back the cassette the next day and say, yo, learn a tune Now, what makes tourists start liking the reggae music? Now, that's the next part I'm going to get into. Now, when I used, when I just go there, my elders, who, who used to be before me, bless up all my elders, come here, mad respect for my elders. What used to happen now? They used to believe that they have to sing standard what tourists know. You understand? Mm. Like, the one love and all these things. When I go to Negril, that's all used to happen. Carmi, Aki, go all in state market and all those. Deo and all those things. Because the tourists <laughs> yeah. were familiar with those songs. You understand? So my elders now used to be like, well, we don't really want to give them no new children. You know, too much for them. And, rare, rare, rare. and, you know, we have to keep it at a level where the tourists overstand it. Now, we as younger generation, you know, every generation is going to rebel. <laughs> I yeah. want to do their own thing. <laughs> Just like, oh, I heard you have some program where you say, like, do you know what they want to do? It's their time, and that's what they want to do. I, I did that, too. So what mm -hmm. happened now? We as young youth now, we want to play the current tune, them, and the thing, them, and the garnet seal, them, and the thing, them, even though the tourists don't know it. Mm -hmm. But when we do it now, it takes a drastic twist, because what happened is, Jamaicans comes to the show too mm -hmm. and they love those songs so guess what happened now when the Jamaican them get excited and blow 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 and start real up and do everything dude we used to sing on the stage man and we are singing all mama african it new and the Jamaican them know it 
you know how Jamaicans be already. Yeah, big forward. Then I go run up. Me, me, I sing, man. I mean, I want to pull up on the man. Them grab up on the mic, kill me, bro. I'm pulling the mic out. I say, oh, oh, you hear what I say? If you pull up, you now pull up. So, yo, it used to be so much fun. So what happened now? The tourists them start see how excited the Jamaicans are to the music. So even though they don't know it, they start feeding for that energy now and start chiming now. Yeah. So that's when they get interested and want to buy the music because they see how we are reacting to it. So mm-hmm. they're like, well, if they're reacting to that, that means this must be the big thing. <laughs> so mm-hmm. while when we are doing them thing you now, the band now start get tight. And then back in the day you now, before my time. All of the band them that used to back artists used to be from Kingston. So they never used to deal with country band, called country band, or country band, they don't know no music. So the artists them now that start coming to Negro now, we start back them. Them start falling in love with the work that we do because we, we do it every day. So we just so ready for anything and we did hungry to for the attention too. Mm-hmm. So what have you know, they start look for band in Negro now. And then that's when we go to Kingston. Like Rebel Salute, the first Rebel Salute, we were on stage from like 10 at night till like 10 the next morning, bro. Back in artists wow. and artists. Yeah. Stevie, what year was the first Rebel Salute? I think it was like in 96 because Garnet, the, the first Rebel Salute happened because of the death of Garnet Silk. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So the, I, I want to tell you, so Rebel Salute was a, was a tribute to Garnet Silk mm. that Tony Rebel just run with and just keep it going. Dude, mm. when Garnet Silk died in Jamaica, bro, oh my God, it was like, it was like, they, they were saying that he was the next Bob Marley. Bro. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. They were, that, that's where Anthony B. and Sizzler and all these people in that revolution, just like all the, all the regular revival, Garnet Silk was, was what sparked that, that era where Anthony B. and Sizzler and all these people just start singing pure righteous music. You know what I'm saying? When that Gideon start now, our band was perfect for that because those are the music that we used to play. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> mm-hmm. when we were salute, all right, the band, all right, the band that name CN Band got the number one backing band for like a couple of years. In back to back, we work with we do work with Barrington Levy, we, we work with Michael Rose that used to tour with Michael Rose and all these people. I've been on tour with, 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 with a lot of people, you know, Mighty Diamonds. So the people that used to love we because of the fact that we are playing their music so much that when it comes to backing them, it was easy. Yeah. Well, all right, they used to have a show called White River Reggae Bash. Oh, yeah. That used to have, yeah. 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 That, we were the host band for that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We, I used to sing on that show. <laughs> It used to be like we are like a part of the show, and we are just the opening band. People like, what was that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I remember we had a cassette of that when uh, Luciano was performing. That was one of my favorite cassettes. Oh, yeah. I had one from uh, Garnet there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Classic. And, show. Yeah, that's that's on the north side. That now was promoted by IRFM. IRFM. Okay the reggae station that's mm-hmm. their show man, why did they stop doing these things bro those shows was like epic man why did we they were, why did they stop i thought you would have the answers for us 
Well, I well, was to be honest with you, you see, that's what I was telling you about the compartment of the music. Now, okay. we as musicians, we don't really know what what's the happening. <laughs> business. The blame business, the next yeah. compartment. Blame the serious guys. Yeah, in, in they, the they, they are to be blamed because all we do is sit and wait for our phone to ring and, and what next? Okay. So we don't really know. <laughs> right. You're not involved with the yeah, promotion or anything. Right. Which it's just we, the music. Right, which we wish we were doing at the time. But, you know, when you're doing things back then, you're just happy to just be a part of the whole thing because everything was happening on autopilot. So you don't really feel the need to, like, want to dabble in that. And and we as musicians, our brain is is focused on remembering our part because playing music, bro, oh, my God. When you talk about pinpoint precise and laser focus, you have to be that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you can't you can't go there and chat up, chat up, chat up, and then forget what you're gonna do. Because you see when the drummer say one, two. If your mind is not in there, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna you're gonna mess up. And and we as musicians, bro, when we mess up, it, it takes a long time for us to live that down. <laughs> because our our fellow musician is gonna keep rubbing it in like yo. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'll go out with you, man. With your head there, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. So I think we have a generation of people right now that don't, they don't have the appreciation for the musicians. You know what I'm saying? Because right. it's such a thing where, you know, yo, enough, man. Not, to, you know, the technology and man can just sit in them car and build a rhythm <laughs> by himself. Right. Sit in a bedroom and build a rhythm on yeah. the phone and it, and it can come out, you know, the next week. And everybody's playing it like seriously, and enough artists have voice pun it on these things. So it's like, you know, I think there's a generation like I would sit and watch, and as I for talk about, it's mostly back in the day. You know, you sit and watch video. So let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors. I tell you what, I was listening to an audio book about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm -hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Steffens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole film crews that were down filming him, you know, all the members of the Whalers. He's having these conversations and these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows. He put all this information into a book. What's so great about it is it just immerses you into the experience, quoting Peter Bunny, the incidents that happened with Bob getting shot, the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage. And so you really get the excitement, the energy of what is going on. That book right there, I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover, and there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car. If I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can 
actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley. Cassettes and stuff like that with performers and you know where they zoom in on the the drummers and the yo and yo, they're just in that zone. And it's I, I'm like, yo, how in the world? Like it's it's very it's just awesome to me. You know what I'm saying? Like to be able to 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 do that and, and pull that off night after night and you know, hearing like the the roundness of the bass line and all the instrumentals just coming into together, you know what I mean? And yo, it's a magical thing for real. I mean, I just feel like I'm on repeat saying that, but <laughs> you know, I just have appreciation for it as a sound man. Like I don't. Jeez, I remember watching, you know, all the sunsplash. Yeah, man. You know, <laughs> yo, it's crazy. It's like special forces, man. Trust me, yo. It's like like some super elite type ish. Cause I mean, be, being a musician in general, but being a, a, a reggae musician in a backing band, yo, under the lights, give me that rhythm. Give me that. The heat, it's like, the it's noise, like <laughs> excitement. It's like, yo, we DJs, we could pull up, you know, a search thing on Serato. Right. But think about it. Artists just say, yo, give me this. Boom. <laughs> and then like less than a second later, it's there, you know what I'm saying? That's crazy. So when they don't even say nothing, yo, they just it's just changing from song to song, mix down, mm-hmm. one drop, play low, you know, just in and out of the different rhythms. And it's like, yo, how in the world? So when when those shows really come off and the band is performing, you know, in unison with the artists like that, I mean, trust me, I just the most high. I don't know if there's any other music form that has it like that too, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I I haven't witnessed it. I mean, it's it's similar to jazz in a sense, when you know they could just you know riff off of each other. But but these are specific rhythms, bass lines, drum patterns. You know what I'm saying? Specific sequencing in songs. Like you got to have thousands of songs in your head, yo. And it's crazy. Right. And I know, like you know, not to to start genre bashing, but. <laughs> <laughs> like I've been to some dope R&B concerts, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. a lot of it is, you know, they're playing tracks, um, you know, through the board. There might be instrumentalists out there, you know what I'm saying, for show or, you know, adding to what's going on. But there's also a DJ. There's also somebody playing, you know what I'm saying, several tracks at the same time <laughs> to come up with the overall sound. So when you're talking about just like five, six men, Yo, like certain bands that have like the horn sections too. Yo, when I see that, yo, I mean, vibes can't be no higher, man. All right, we used to do a, a cover of, I know Buju Bands is, is you, your favorite artist. Yeah. I used to do <laughs> It's Not An Easy Road in our band. And because we are the band, we have a sick arrangement and do it. And, and it's when we do the show, man, it was when we finish. And show me have the dreads too and thing like that. People that walk up to me like, yo, mm. man. I'm one of your biggest fans, bro. I love you so. <laughs> I mean, I have to be like, no, 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 bro. <laughs> it's not me, man. I have all your CDs, bro. I'm like. 
No, people used to say me look like Beanie Man, so. Like, oh, you look like Beanie Man, so. I'm like, actually, it's not me. You sure you're Beanie Man? It's not related or something, bro? Because you look like me. <laughs> Yeah. So you used to do beanie, you used to DJ beanie songs everything, too? Everything, bro. We, we do everything. Yeah, yeah because what happened, that's what we do, you know. And, and the fact that we were playing and try to appeal to the Jamaican that come to the show, we have to do all it, the songs yeah. that is a hit. So if, if, if the song is a hit, we have to sing it. <laughs> we used to do heads up, right. kill them with all them tunes that we sing. Everything we sing on the beach, bro. <laughs> everything. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was saying that we contribute to reggae subliminally and the success of reggae internationally without the knowing of the production people. Because production people, let me tell you how Negro will run now. Negro will run like this. The production people only come if their, their artist is working. Like if say Dennis Brown a, a player, mm. then he manager will roll with him and then spend a night. So they don't really see what goes on. It's like a world that they that that, that they don't even know exists. Like so when they come, Dennis Brown will do this show and the band back him and they come up to me and like, oh you did a great job, bro, and they're gone the next day. <laughs> so they don't get to see what we are doing night after night, pushing the music, playing the music. That's why it is easily overlooked the work that we put in. You know, and it's not like it's a production part um, fault. It's just that we musicians, we are, we, are, we are like the least egotistical when it comes to like promoting ourselves. Like, oh, we do. We just do it as a job. You know, that's our job. And we just you go to work and you get paid and you get your, mm -hmm. you do your job just like you would have do your regular nine to five. So we, we are the perfect mm -hmm. definition of we're doing it for the love, like we're chronics sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. big up chronics yeah. on a tune and a tune a shot. Cause that that represents us as musicians. We just love what we do. Our greatest joy, bro. Let me tell you our greatest joy. Even more than the money. You see, if we go to a show and we play and we kill it, that's good. But guess what? No, sometimes you go to a venue and everybody, you know, some venues are professional. They can hand you like a, a recording of the show after you're done. So we'll be going down the road and mm -hmm. maybe the bass player like, yo, the engineer give me a, a recording of the show, you know. That's better than getting paid. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're driving down the street, like, on the tour bus, and, and I want to say, yo, we get a recording. And I say, hey, put it in, you know. Sometimes we amaze all our own self, because while you're doing it, you don't know. And then you're not hearing, yeah, you're not hearing everything in the full context, because you're so laser focused and playing your part. That you're not paying attention to what the, the, everybody blending together sound like. So when you get a, a recording, then we start talking, yo, yeah, we kill it, yeah, you hear that party, oh, wow, dude, we were murdering it. And then we, we start working on ideas that we can do to make it better next night, like, all right, instead of doing that next, tonight, we can do this instead, and that is our joy. So our joy comes from doing it, hearing what we do, and get high on our own supply, like, what? Then if we do that, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a you, you should see us when we're like hanging out around each other, bro. We're just joyful and loving and nice. And if somebody make mistake, we give them a hard time so them get better. You know, it's not like we're like dogging them. Like, yo, here the BSC. The BSC, I fall down around this one. And everybody start laughing. He's like, all right. You ever see if me fall down tonight? Because <laughs> I'm ready now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
and then we listen to other musicians too and then get better by listening to them you know analyze them we're, we're kind of like a football team where you watch the, the other team play and know how to you know conduct yourself in the next game you know what i'm saying because it's a game you know bro and the comp and, and 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 the friendly competition just make you get better and better every time you do it you know when you hear someone else do it you want to do it too and you want to like get better and you want to show them that you you deserve to be up there <laughs> yeah man that's yeah, just something that is, um yes, you, know? you know we experience with you know learn when we start play sound as well because you know we talk to to young selectors and that's ah. one of the big tips right there is as much as possible you know try to record yourself and listen back to how you played and that's the best way to get better it's like you know the, the lakers they just won the championship you know but they had to they had to watch a lot of tape they watched yeah, the, the yeah. game tape after every we're game playing. to see what mistakes were made and yeah what was good what and they exactly, can improve on. exactly it's crucial <laughs> crucial yeah it's a it's a same thing with with us too you know as musician bro if you're if you're not in the game to play the next show better you're going to be stagnant and stuck and especially with reggae music too because reggae music is one of that's why reggae music hit the world now i as a musician can tell you mm -hmm. why people feel the music because it's the most militant music in the whole every genre why because it forces you to pay attention and stick to one thing and just master that one thing. Cuz if, if you notice a reggae rhythm, the bass line is just the same thing. Like a jazz, you go all over the bass. But reggae you call this up boom, beat up, beat up, boom, boom. Yeah. I have to hold that mm -hmm. for like 10 minutes. You know what I'm saying? And the only thing that variates sometimes is when the, when the artist say mix and you go so pop, 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 and then you have to go back to that. So reggae, that's why it's called the roots because it, it teach you to be disciplined, militant, and play your part and don't worry about doing overdoing nothing. So everybody start out and be like, well, it's not sophisticated. And it's a simple music. But you see, when they start doing it, they're like, oh, wow, it's not as yeah. easy as we think. <laughs> yeah, man. Anybody who, especially now in the technology age, anybody who tries to make that heart and soul come out of an electronic, like it, within the computer, that that musicians do, that like you can't, you can't, you can't recreate that. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, because all right. For example, now as a, from a musical musician level, now you will you will hear the bass player, boom, 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 boom. Now you can program that, but it's gonna just repeat that over and over. But now a bass player now playing live. At a certain point, we can be like, do do go do go do ding 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 do 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 boom boom you know. So that variation won't be there in that sequence because you're supposed to lock to the grid, and unless you program that in, which is gonna sound fake anyway, it's not gonna give you that liquefied flow. So that's why live comparing to programming. Is different because the programming, right. what you put in is what you get out. But all right, all right. Sometimes some of the nicest BS line come out. A BS man just slip up and make a mistake. Yeah, and then I think in, in my former life I was um, a Rasta bass player. You know, like back in the day. But 
you know, I, I, I really, I really respect it, you know, and um, without the baseline, you know, we wouldn't, it wouldn't be what it is. Our music wouldn't be <laughs> what it is. So big up to the, you know, right. I love all the instruments <laughs> and everything, but big up to Basie and Drummy, like that marriage right there. Can't live without it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the rule. But all right. No, you see, as much as you love Basie and Drummy, I love them. They're, they're my favorite because they are like the root of the music. But the man who do the hardest work in music business is the keyboard player. That's the music director. Yeah. Why keyboard player earn my respect? The fact that I'm around keyboard players and musicians and the world and see how much work is dumped on a keyboard player. It's mind-blowing because what happened is, back in the day, every instrument used to be an instrument. So if you have a saxophone player, a horn, a guitar, a drum, anything, everybody was assigned to their instrument. Mm -hmm. Now, keyboard becomes so versatile that every instrument that is missing in the music mm -hmm. yeah. is the keyboard player. Yeah, the Synthesizer, yeah. <laughs> right. If there's a flute and, and the key, everybody will look for the keys. They're like, so you're okay, so you know what <laughs> You have to go put me in the flute. <laughs> 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 if, if there's a trumpet, I'm kissy. You know, you have to play the hand section in the but You want the trumpet on top of that now. <laughs> I've seen some wicked keyboard setups, man. I mean, it's it gets complicated because oh, yeah. one, one half of the keyboard is one <laughs> instrument, the next half is another instrument, and then you have three or four keyboards yeah. just to be able to make everything happen, you know? Yeah, and you only have two ends. <laughs> bro, I, 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 I call them octopus, bro. <laughs> yeah, wicked. I, I call my keyboard player for like, bro, you're like an octopus, bro. How could you do so much things, man? It's crazy. And then to, 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 to add on top of that, bro, they're playing all of that. And they're like triggering loops too sometimes. Yeah, yeah. 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 In and out yeah. of and loops. Like, oh my. Fading in Bridget. and out, mixing. <laughs> Jeez, I'm peace. Keyboard player, earn. All my keyboard player, man, if you get the opportunity to listen to this, I just want to let you know, man, I salute you <laughs> for all those work that you do every night. And we do it night after night after night after night. <laughs> and the thing is, with, 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 with them too, the more they do it, the better they get. Yeah. Don't think like, oh, yeah, they're going to mess up. No, I have a friend, man. <laughs> All right, let me tell you. All right. You see, when we play for dancehall artists and the roots, dancehall people, that, that's easy for we. Because the rhythm, just like we were explaining, like, oh, you just play the beat and it's just one thing. Try playing for John Holt and Alton Ellis. Because when you play for those people, the bridge, the chorus, and everything is in the song now. Mm -hmm. It's not like when Anthony B would like, but, uh, and that's just it. You might go be, angel of mercy, mine, oh no. And you might go change and you might go to the bridge. Yeah, yeah. So our band now are the band that could do that. Cause we used to sing that. Enough band used to run from them artists, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, let, let's see about them people, bro. <laughs> Uh, we, we we can you see you see Jan Holt bro Jan Holt music is some of the most sophisticated music I've ever heard in reggae it has strings bro yeah. full orchestra yeah that's, and, that's and whenever right. you have whenever you have some time like oh we're reasoning now check out a song called tonight while we're here listen to that that song anybody who talking about reggae is some simple music you know they better they better don't come to me with that you know because <laughs> yeah. when you listen to that, bro, it's a full-on string. I, I, then I heard from reliable source that the strings that was playing on those strings was actually an orchestra playing. Mm. 
Just listen to it, man. It has some big strings. And then the keyboard player is doing all of that. <laughs> and I'm like, brethren. <laughs> and it has depths and dimensions, bro. Tonight, I be lonely. And then the strings is doing a bunch of stand and that, bro. Excuse my language. <laughs> and the, the, the things that we witness, bro, in our lifetime, behind the background, that's all. It's a whole different world, bro. <laughs> By itself, musicians touring is a different world. <laughs> Not even what I was telling you, the touring part of it is a whole different thing from us playing on the beach, you know? Right. Because <laughs> now you're going from city to city, town to town, and every night you're in a different town, dealing with a different people. And you're like, you're like, Ma. you know, you know, my greatest marvel, bro. My greatest marvel was when I go to Europe for the first time and see people that never speak a word of English singing the reggae song. And mm-hmm. then you try to talk to them afterwards. <laughs> and they're like, no, I don't know where you're coming from with that. Bro. I, I can't understand you. <laughs> well, well, all right. Well, well, when Anthony B. did Fire Power Room, guess what? We went to Rome, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So on the way there, I told the people, I said, yo, be They are room now, you know? <laughs> you see how this is going on? Believe me, bro. When Anthony B. sing Fire Pan Room, in Rome, I could not believe the response where the man gets, you know? We were like, free, like, these people are going to kill us, man. <laughs> yeah. The people, them as, yo, Italy is a big reggae market, you know? A lot of people don't even yeah, know anyone. Yeah. man. Definitely. The Italian market for reggae is huge. You have Italian people that do sound system and, and they only play just dub, my brother. Right, right. Straight old school dub, rubber dub, King Toby business. And, and, and we are Jamaican. We don't even do them the thing no more. I say, Trust me. Yo, they got some big, big wall of speakers and yo, they have some fabulous um, recording studios as well. Like, put, oh, putting yeah. out music. Oh, yeah you know high quality reggae music Bridget, all right some of the most the two most professional places we performed in our in our career was europe and japan the japanese mm-hmm. people and the european people them bro they don't mess around yeah when you show up you send them all your, your, your information and when you show up it's their plus mm-hmm. you got that everything is intact and the people are professional and people are talking walk talk you know oh, the keyboard player is going to do that <laughs> you, you think you're, you're working with the secret service <laughs> yeah yeah and i know you you were talking about when you're able to get a recording i know you know out there they just hand you a tape like boom oh my goodness <laughs> they man. got the recording then studio that, that make kill, that make, in the venue that make could kill the whole tour now yeah, yeah. now that we hear what we do I don't know what we need to do <laughs> and how we can make it better. The next night, all right, we go to a show called Me Them. It was like a, a, a music expo. I think that was in what, France. Mm. So I, I did my performance and then I came off, you know, because we, we had the opening band. I come off and Everton Blender go on stage for Bridging. And I swear to the heavens, I, I have no reason to make this up. I was backstage and I saw the stage manager run out and said, Tell them they can't tell the DJ he, he can't play Everton Blender because he's coming up right next. And, and the stage manager uh, and our manager said to him, but Everton Blender is performing right now. 
And he's like, no, no, no. They're playing his music and he's going to come up. And we don't. And the man has said, come, come look. That the man is on stage, bro. <laughs> the band sounds so tight that the man thought it was a recording of the man. Mm. The man opening mouth and his jaw dropped to the ground. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> the band sounds so. Never done a singing tune, man. It's a ghetto people song, only them can sing this world. It's the song for the poor. Bridge, in the way the man might drop the tune, bro. The, the man think it was a recording. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yo, you get me. You see with this COVID thing right now, you know, you know, you have me ready for go run out and go <laughs> see some shows. You have no idea how we are here feeling, bro. No vibes. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, you know, um, obviously, you, you probably don't have a good answer for this. But how is the circle that you're in, you know, how is everybody kind of coping with? what's been going on the past, you know, most of 2020 now. We as musicians now, and my circle that I'm in, like the immediate circle right now, we're coping with it by just coming to terms with the reality that we're going to have to just stay put for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Because the music industry got hit by COVID the hardest. Because I think we and the sports community is going to be the last people who's going to come back. Because... You know, virus love crowd. Yeah. Virus is like an entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an audience. And we like an audience too. <laughs> so we are the virus now is competing <laughs> for like, well, until the crowd come back out, you know, we first have a day out there, you know, that. Yep. So the virus has said, no, I mean. <laughs> so what the virus do, I don't know, I, I hold back we now because the system is not going to let people come out. And, 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 and have a good time close together until they're sure that this virus is totally gone. Because all it takes is just one person, you know, the world thing serious, you know. If you, if you have an audience of 300 people and one person have the virus, that it can be catastrophic. Bro, the way I'm feeling for music, bro, I build a stage in my backyard. <laughs> Yo, enough people are turning them backyard in a entertainment in a space. Venue. yeah like what else we have you know choice we have to do right now yeah some people I, doing that in new york too yeah yeah mommy told me yard in our stage i want to say my, my, my house have a, um the, the, i'm renting but my landlord have a lot next to me that he doesn't build on yet so we get to use it so what i did i build a stage and start playing and then people start walk by and stop <laughs> <laughs> and they're asking me are you doing it again? And then we do it a second time. And guess what happened? The officer rolled up. Mm. And he said to me, my wife went and talked to him because I didn't, I'm not going to talk to him. <laughs> so my wife went out there and was like, yeah, you know, we just, we just long to play music. And so he said that he didn't come to stop us. It's just that the neighbors heard the music and you know in america yeah so that, that's our next thing when we love yard fine and <laughs> you can't play your music at a hundred decibel and nobody knows <laughs> give a heck, you know? mm. but in america bro if you turn on your cast stereo <laughs> and they thought that they were playing people are calling up here, oh, yeah, they're playing music like them hate music so the officer said bro just play your music man you're not troubling anyone it's not late 
And I'm like, God, you're right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I went for God's schedule and crushed it, bro. <laughs> Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? And the whole neighborhood, even the other day, a neighbor walk up to me, to my house, and knock the door and bake us like a pie and ask us, when are we going to play again? Because the people feeling into the music, bro. People can't live without social interaction. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. This thing is kind of like, I'm drive some people insane, bro. People just get mad because of the, the, this COVID thing. So we just want it gone and... You know, we get back to our normal life and go play music. You know what I said? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, man, but we're definitely going to have to check back in with you because I know, I know you talked a lot about the, the band culture and thing, but I know I know you have so much more. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have but, the artist culture too. I have my personal, you know, music vibe that I do. So you know, there's nothing, bro. I would really love. And, and the thing is, I'm a big fan of, of your of your program, as I said. I, I got introduced to it by a friend because they have the same vibe, I'm telling you. They love mm. the reggae vibes and things. Mm. And then he he started, he found your, your your podcast, bro. And because you guys are doing educational stuff, he's into it, bro, like every week, <laughs> every episode. Then he started playing it. And the first program he played, you, you guys were talking about the future of reggae. And <laughs> And then I got so hooked on it. I'm like, you have another one. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, man, it's a bunch, man. You can go online and download them. So every day we play, we, we, we play the podcast and listening to it. And you know what I love to top um, sing G of all time? The one that you do with that. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, that yeah. one. But you know, you know, miss out Shined, man. Shined a bad man. <laughs> yeah, Shined a, a gin. And a real a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no carbon. No man. China that one of the bodies sing, um, singing DJ rapping voice. True. Ever. True. He, true. He, it, he did it all. Alright, to this day, China have a tune. You can you can test it out for yourself as a sound man. Where any day you play that in a dance hall, it still have the same impact. The song when cover with, with you and say, I found down. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an automatic Yo, that you never... That's an automatic Automatic You, when you look at you, you tell a guy people lick tongues in friends. Yeah, man. That's a bad piece of rhythm, too. Bro, the way the engineer mix that tune, there, man. That tune, they can't play. Terrible, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and the, the 45, I don't think a dub can ever match up to the 45. No, 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 no. Lick a sound boy on them tune, there, man. Them stone that is like epic the way they are. But I'm little sound boy by um Johnny, Johnny Osborne. Yeah. Yeah. That the tune that kills sound and it's not even a dub play. Yeah, man. <laughs> Enough sound, Mister that tune that kill. Yeah, you know, yeah, I miss David Radigan um kill a, a, a song with with um entertainment is a part of enjoyment. No, but not for seeing the dance, dance. Mash, I, I forgot who man was clashing, and the guy was like, you know, Jamaican thing, you know, hype up, and and and, and Radigan say, oh my god, well, calm down, man. <laughs> Yo, love Radigan, man. Yo, big up to all the selectors who can use forty-five and do that, you know, because ah. I'm one. You know, I never lost a forty-five class shootout yet in my life. <laughs> would I would I love you the items, you know, when I time, my lad. <laughs> 
you know, I could brag you know and boast about that. The dub plate thing, you know, my money not long like that, but when it comes to skill yeah. and knowing how to select, you know, you can't go around me when it comes to 45. Regin, that, that, that is our next culture because that's how I started out and then transform over into band business. Yeah, man, we're, we're almost out of time right now. So give thanks for joining us on the podcast and we, we certainly will have you back on again and we'll talk about enough more things. You know, um, I know you did a, a list of the shout outs earlier, but, you know, you know, anybody else you want to big up or, you know, if you want to leave your, your contacts and how people can link up, definitely. I'm in the States and I'm doing my own project. I have this little project that I'm doing called the Ivy Rockers. So if you want to check that out, we're on Facebook, Ivy Rockers Facebook, mm. Ivy Rockers 73 on Instagram, and then you have www.ivyrockers.com. So that is where I'm at right now. That's my personal project. And people to big up, me have to big up all yard man. You know me I say? Because we can't even call name, because that's impossible. Because <laughs> you want to call one name. <laughs> big up the item, to be honest with you. Big up regular of our podcast, because... What you're doing right now is letting us tell the story ourselves. Because I hear you have a program like that too. We are not telling our story ourselves. Other people is telling our story for us. You know what I'm saying? So you are creating this platform, Bridging, and I must tell you, maximum respect for doing this and giving us a, a chance to rap about our own culture that we create. You know what I'm saying? Love that. Then I want to big up my manager back in the day, Warrell King and um, African Star who used to manage Capitan Band. Those people, managers are people, road managers are people who band people have maximum amount of respect for because they are the people who set it up that we go on tour and everything was fine. They make sure we have a place to sleep and all these things. My ultimate respect, I salute you for being so on top of your business. Because we go on tour and sometimes things don't work out, but that's, you know, occasionally when you come across some people who they have them things together. But for the most part, those people, managers and, and, and road managers are some people that we need to honor in regular business too. You know what I'm saying? Because they are the ones that make sure that everything goes right when we are thousands of miles away from our home, you know, and make sure so musicians are good. You know what I'm saying? Sound man, selectors like the item. You are the one that break the town and tell the people. And make sure say, people know what's going on and the latest trend. You see, sound business, sound business is one of the key to reggae music success. Because it started out with that anyway. Because a lot of people don't even know that. How reggae music started out is Coxon and his fellow sound bridging used to clash with each other and don't play it now used to be them used to make up song and them other friend can't find it because them alone have it that's how don't play business start and sound business and recording business in a jamaica so sound man i salute y'all love what you do and and keep doing it and we could just keep making regular get bigger and stronger worldwide international see Bless up every time a general. Yes, Stevie. Thank you again. This has been a great, great conversation. Yes, my brother. Give thanks for that, man. And yeah, man, go easy and, you know, stay safe and protect the high woman family from this rough time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Bless Likewise up. to you, man. What good is it? Yeah, man. Bless. All right, bless up. Bless up.
Bless, bless. Man, what a lot of fun that was. Great conversation. We warned you about the energy levels. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and tell you the truth, I feel like that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the wealth of knowledge and experience that Stevie has. You know, we would love to have him back on the show sometimes because, you know, he as as mentioned, you know, he's also a big fan of dance hall culture, sound system culture. You know, he's very knowledgeable of all of that stuff. So, you know, shout out to Stevie Culture. Stevie Culture actually, you know, as he mentioned, was an avid listener of the show and decided to reach out one day. And, um, you know, that's how this whole thing came to fruition. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, man. So we got the Buzzworthy Tastemaker and Soundclash update. I do want to just say, shouts out to the Jamaica State of Mind podcast. Shouts out to Nick and Carter. As you may know, Agard and I were guests on the Jamaican State of Mind podcast on their last two episodes, as a matter of fact. So look for Jamaican State of Mind on any podcast platform and their latest episodes feature reggae lover hosts, Agard and Khalil Wanda, part one and part two. So in part one, we talked about reggae and Mm -hmm. why Buju is not in Nick's top five artists of all time. And then in part two, we talked about isms and schisms and our views, our worldviews on some things that we don't really talk about on this platform. So you definitely want to check that out. Very interesting to hear that side, especially of Agar. So I feel like you guys don't really get to hear Agar, you know, open up. And uh, yeah, I was just like, wow, really, my dude? Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> so you. Yeah. Different you'll, side. You'll you'll. you'll Check it out. You know, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. And shout out to Nick and Carter. You know, it definitely felt like, you know, we were just sitting around drinking a few beers, just talking reckless. <laughs> so, yeah. Shout out to Jamaican State of Mind. You guys keep up the good work. Yes, indeed. So for Buzzworthy this week, let's talk about that BET Hip Hop Awards 2020 presentation featuring the dancehall reggae cypher. Yeah, man. I started watching the award show i I got into maybe like 10 10 to 15 minutes in and i couldn't really sit there and watch the rest of it i'm not a bet watcher bet fan you know what i mean and their hip-hop awards show has been so unbelievably i don't want to say ratchet i want to use a better word (laughs) <laughs> I want to use like a type of word that I actually use. But if I say ratchet, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so it's been just so just not my thing for a long, long, long time that, you know, I totally tuned up. But I heard that they were featuring a dance hall contingent. So I said, yo, let me check it out. And big up to all my ATL people. You know what I'm saying? ATL was definitely highlighted and, and elevated the 85 boys south of 85 boys or whatever yeah, 85 south yeah yeah 85 south yeah it's so fellow uh, podcasters yeah. right three comedians yeah, and, that were on wilding out and so yeah they were the hosts and um you know very creative way that they put the whole thing together you know obviously this covid situation right now that we're dealing with so big ups to them on that big ups to them for including the dance hall contingent agard your thoughts on what you saw yeah so uh, for many years i have not watched the bet uh hip-hop awards i do however check out the cyphers when they're available after the fact because 
you know, most people our age will say that that's probably the best part of the award show. Yeah, I didn't see any of the other ciphers, you know, due to whoever I follow. A lot of people are sharing the actual reggae cipher. So I got to check it out. It was cool. I mean, I have no complaints about it. You know, Shensia was featured, uh, Skip Marley, right? Yep. And Beanie and Bounty. Was there somebody? It was just those four, right? Coffee. Coffee. Oh, wow. How could I forget? Coffee. (laughs) Yo, my apologies to everybody in the audience. You know, uh, I apologize for for forgetting coffee. Yeah. You know, so it was five, five artists to me. You know, once I saw the video, my initial response was everybody did well, number one. You know, everybody did uh, well. So nobody dropped the catch. You know what I'm saying? But it's, that's my opinion. But to me, Bounty Killer, you know, when I first uh, saw the video, you know, he had me all riled up. You know, it was like it, it seemed like old Bounty, you know what I'm saying? 90s Bounty, you know, a lot of energy passion and then when versus bounty yeah 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 that's 2020 bounty he's rejuvenated bro yeah man yeah (laughs) that was cool and then beanie man also did very well i think his his verse was a lot more i would say intellectual in a sense I, i i i feel like i could find a better word but that's the first word that comes to mind whereas bounty to me was the passion you know it was a very passionate you know the veterans definitely showed out um, initially, my initial thought, and I told you this, is, you know, a bounty was trying to sell a few more dub plates, you know what I'm saying? Because that energy on that cypher was dub plate worth, worthy, you know? I, I could see a bunch of sounds wanting that, that freestyle on dub. Interesting. So, yeah, I um, I appreciated what I saw. That's my thing right now, you know, just being grateful that I was able to experience that. You know, the fans are the real winners, all that good stuff. <laughs> okay. But if I was trying to be critical, you know, I would, you know, maybe pinpoint the fact that ciphers are supposed to be uh, a Freestyle. freestyling yep. situation. Even if everybody's performing something that's written, you're supposed to act like you're freestyling. And so it shouldn't be like the hook of your hit song right now. You know, there shouldn't be any hooks. It's a marketing so, scheme, man. Yeah, no, I think that, you know, Shansia and her management team, they're doing their thing right now. She sang Lighter, the song that I've already talked about on this show. Right. <laughs> and, um, yeah, nobody you know, now get free verses, yo. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's something that I think they're at like 20 or 30 million views right now on YouTube. So, yeah. It, it's a good look. And, of course, Skip Marley, he's reggae royalty already. He's already able to collaborate. Yeah, he's this generation's Marley. Yeah, he's been able to collaborate with the who's who of R&B and hip-hop already with him being pretty much a brand new artist. Then you have Coffee, you know, like as, as I mentioned, the Grammy winner. I mean, that totally makes sense. And then Bounty and Beanie, who just busts up the versus thing and, yeah. So, yeah, it was a good look. So, that's on YouTube. Definitely check that out. Let us know your feedback. If you agree with what we have to say or, you know, if your opinion differs. Another thing I wanted to talk about, a little bit of a change of pace from the usual reggae lover format. It's like, man, I've been listening to a little bit of hip-hop lately. 
been listening to a little bit of hip hop recently. And the first thing that I started listening to was Nas's album. Nas's 2020 project came out a couple of months ago. It's called King's Disease. Definitely for all the hip hop lovers, it's a classic hip hop sounding album a la Nas's excellent albums, great albums, is you know, history of work. And he's had some that didn't really hit the target over the recent years. Yeah, the previous one with Kanye West, yeah. But this one is definitely a throwback to the original Nas vibes. King's Disease. So that album, he shouts out Louis Rankin, the Don Dada, rest in peace. Ox. You know, um, yeah, man, Lennox Ox um, sample is on there. And you know, obviously, I, I actually watched Belly just last night. <laughs> so big up to Louis Rankin, the general, stand in peace, you know. Yeah, so if you love hip-hop, you'll love the, the hip-hop from Nas, that album. And also, recently released, Busta Rhymes' brand new album, yo. It features Vibes Cartel, also featured on there. You got Mary J. Blige on there, the queen of hip-hop soul. You got on there, Rakim. They went for a Michael Jackson sample. They went for the sample of Annie Up from M.O.P. on there. They went for... The sample of Bell Biv DeVoe's Poison. Oh my goodness, yo, that song is ridiculous, man. Buster's flow on some of the songs, you know, you know, he does a little bit of the mumble rap style on one of the tracks. A couple of the tracks are like that. But he, you know, you can understand everything that he's saying and he's still putting together the bars, as expected from an artist of his caliber. But you know what I'm saying? Like his album, 22 tracks. Amazing. Pete Rock sample, um, Rakim is on there. Mariah Carey's on there. A lot of people... Uh, Kendrick Lamar on there. Need I say more? Yeah. If you love hip-hop, check out those two projects. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. New York stand-up. It's crazy nowadays what's going on in music because, look, some would say that some of the best music right now is coming out. There's a lot of good music coming out, but the releases in terms of getting fanfare... It's it's ridiculous because, you know, I listen to Joe Budden's podcast, right? And, you know, they talk about everything new coming out and they talk about the features, just like how you just spoke about the features. And some of the features on these albums are ridiculous. Like, like it's ridiculous. But what it is, though, it's it's all digital. Everything's digital. Nobody really can have a marketing campaign right now. You know, I know Buster is, like, sharing stuff on social media and doing, you know, the rounds on radio you know, virtually, but yeah, hopefully, you know, after this Corona thing, you know, we can get back on track with some real, you know, hands-on promotion of these, these projects, because I feel like a lot of people are not getting to hear it. It's a different age we're in right now. It's definitely a time for these marketing people, people that are savvy with getting messages in front of people using the internet and using the channels that we have available. You know what I'm saying? Because of be like travel being so limited and live experiences being so limited, live in-person experiences being almost non-existent. So now we really get to see who is on their game in terms of marketing and social media. And then on the other side of that, people that are really in touch with their fan bases. Yeah. You know, a la like spice for our reggae world, dancehall world. You know, but I think of people like Drake or Taylor Swift. You know, like, obviously they're huge artists, yes, 
but the type of connections that they have with their fan bases is not normal. You know, like they do anything they're doing, they literally have millions of people that know what they're doing. <laughs> so when they put music out, it's like, yo, guaranteed to go to the tops of the charts and sell out. So segue out of the buzzworthy into tastemaker we've been talking about all the great music and i you know i can say like there has been a lot of dope music in my inbox lately a lot of fresh sounds coming across my feed and a lot of it is good as or as agard put it everything can't be bad right (laughs) or something like that yeah 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 it can't all be bad yeah, I mean, so that's the thing, you know, we, we recently spoke to Diego Herrera from Pandora and, you know, he's one of those people who has to go through and listen to all this stuff, right? And I think, you know, he's he, he he's very positive, right? So he's like, oh, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Whereas somebody like me, you know, or maybe even you, you know, I, I guess I tend to like magnify the bad stuff and then when something is good... <laughs> You know, it's it's like it stands out, you know. So I think I think we're in a position right now to where it's like, you know what? Like we said, I think it was last season or earlier this season. Let's just highlight the good. So shout out to everybody, you know, sending us music. Keep sending it. Um, what you got for Tastemaker? Yeah, man. So uh, my Tastemaker is Nighttime by a producer, artist, and someone who's familiar to some of the people in ATL, Xavier Black, you know, and it's featuring King Charles from Spanish Town. I like the production. I like the energy. I like the vibe. You know, it's definitely something that I would play in a party. So shout out to, you know, Xavier Black and the crew. The only critique that I would say is like, it seems like the version we got sent is uh, the, or uh, the, the, I'd say the DJ intro version. So, you know, if it's, if it's a public-facing track, you know, maybe just have the four-bar intro into, you know, the song. But um, but other than that, man, it's a great it's a great tune. I like it. Yeah, man. Big up to the work crew from ATL, all the DJs that are down with that crew. And, um, yeah, man, big up to Xavier Black. So that's Nighttime. That's going to be featured in the Pandora playlist entitled The Taste Maker. Make sure you check that out. And link will be in the show notes for this episode. This week, I want to feature a brand new project that just dropped from my man, Ijanoa, and the Brat Band. It's called Wake Up. It's a brand new EP, six songs on the EP. If you're a longtime reggae lover listener, you've heard me talk about this band before. I've worked with them, you know, as the DJ when they're putting on shows in and around town. This is live music, the whole band in the studio recording this. So when you hear it, it's going to be probably very nostalgic, just a throwback to that 70s roots reggae music. You know what I'm saying? Like the original foundation format, but it's very well produced. It's a fresh sound. Um, I'm going to put a link so you can check it out on any digital platform or you can download the mp3s right now and uh, hopefully this is going to be pressed up on vinyl and hopefully you'll be able to hear this band actually do these joints live again that's i genoa with the wake up ep 
you know, I think this is a good tastemaker, especially for this episode. You know, we feature Stevie Culture, you know, who's also a live musician. And, you know, I've heard, I, I haven't heard the EP yet. You've checked it out, but I've listened to Ijanawa and the Brat Band, you know, live and in person. This is a very powerful band, you know, very professional. Sometimes you, you, you take in bands and, you know, some bands are cover bands or they might have their own original stuff and you can't really get into it. But, you know, the Brat Band and Ijanawa, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty prolific. You know what I'm saying? Like, I haven't heard a new, like a new roots reggae band like this. You know what I'm saying? To where it's like, you know, it, it sounds original. They're in their own lane and it's powerful. So I'm I'm definitely going to check it out. And I hope all of you check out, you know, this new EP. I just know what, yo, big up to yourself. And that brap, you know, you might think it's just, yo, Jamaicans say brap, brap, you know, when they hear a good song and they dance. No, brap is an acronym. Um, In this case, brap meaning black revolutionary almighty perspective so just that alone in itself will tell you kind of key you into the depth of the music that we're talking about here definitely worth the listen guys yeah man all right got a little bit of time do a quick sound clash update one clash that went down recently that i didn't get to check out live um i'll be looking for the audio over the next few days is the Clash of the One Man Armies. I don't remember what was the official name of the dance. That probably was it. But Warrior Sound from Germany featuring Mattia, who has been doing a lot of killing all over the world. Mattia from Warrior Sound faced off with King Shine Sound yes. featuring Jimmy Spliff. The reports are that Mattia Warrior Sound was victorious in a lockoff victory over King Shine. I'm not surprised because Machia has found ways to to kill all type of sounds. <laughs> you know, he's he's pretty sneaky. This is just my opinion. I feel like Jimmy is punching above his weight. Which he's done before. Yes. That was the commentary after he lost Addie's in spectacular fashion. Yeah. And, you know, if <laughs> let's say the audio comes out, because obviously we, you know, I believe it was a pay-per-view clash um but yeah if the audio comes out and we listen and it's a similar thing to what happened with at ease i think uh jimmy needs to rethink some of his strategy okay yeah is there is there anything else with the sound system slash sound clash there was um an antigua clash yeah three I, sevens and exorcist yes I saw that audio. I haven't listened to it, but uh, I, I listened to like that. the first round and half, like half of the second round, real quick. You know, I think what turned me off from it was the first round was five minutes, and then the second yeah. round was seven minutes. And okay. I was just like, "Yo, why? There's only two sounds. Like, why?" <laughs> so, yeah, the five minute, yo, five minutes goes by. Super quick, yo. No, like, but I, I get it, though, you know, because some of those clashes that happen online, like especially the ATL clashes where it's like the first five minutes is, um, or even some of the Jamaican clashes I've heard, the first five minutes is just for you to test out your sound. And, right, info round. Right, and then the next round is usually like a 15 or something. Right, 15, you know. But 20, it was like, something. I heard seven minutes, so I was like, yo, why, why would I... 
you know, shout out to Three Sevens. I don't know about Exorcist. I don't know who <laughs> won this dance, but Three Sevens you know, played first, right? Yeah, Three Sevens is a good sound. Yeah, yeah. Yo, Antigua, son. Golly, yo, Antigua, shoot up the place, yo. Yeah, man. You know, shout out to LP. You know, Real Talk Sundays. You know, last week I had a chance to check out the Blunt Posse, who was uh, interviewed on and featured on the show. And I, I would say this, you know, when they got to Blunt's new box, you know, new dubs that they cut, I was very impressed. The first half of the show, you know, I wasn't really impressed with their foundation box. I mean, it's super clean. You know, it's a lot of heavy tunes, but it's like, it's it's it seems like it's it's. I know this is gonna sound weird, but it's too perfect. It's too like you know, like I know a lot of sounds. Wow, I don't believe you're saying this, but then I guess for dubs it might be different. Yeah, for dubs it's a little bit different because, you know, I feel like but dubs. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We we have this debate with Jaro, how you be hating on. Yeah, the I don't like Jaro dubs. No. But you know, like I think they're probably the other end of the scale. Yes. You, like the, but, yes. Yo, the thing is, if you're when you're in a dance, I think that's what you're not. And I may have said this to you before. Yes. Like when you're it's in totally a dance, different. and you're hearing it on a big sound. I will. I will I accept think that. Gyro dubs. Gyro dubs. I feel like some of them were like voice on a sound. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know they got their studio. But so let, let's like just say their this. Foundation. I agree with you. Certain dubs are definitely engineered for live settings, and that's how they're supposed to be heard. And then some dubs, it could go either or. You know, they sound great recorded. They sound great live. And then there's some dubs that are just garbage. But what, <laughs> what I'm saying about the the blunt posse dubs, it's like... And I, I made the comparison with Mighty Crown, you know, because some of their foundation boxes is, I wouldn't say similar, but it's like it's engineered in such a way that it doesn't sound like a dub plate. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's, so what I was about to say is like a dub plate to me, it's like supposed to have like a, a life of its own, a soul, you know, a certain energy, you know, like. LP dub plates, you know, downbeat dub plates, like from back in the days are voiced a certain way from that time. You could feel the energy of that time. So some sounds, especially the younger sounds, that voice foundation later, you know, it sounds it sounds very refined. You know what I mean? But I'm not saying that to put down anybody's foundation box. I'm just, you know, it's a little critique. But um, when Blunt got to newer tunes, I was like, all right. Yo, these cats know how to cut for the time, you know? Yeah. I felt like it feels like the newer tunes that they cut had energy. Because there's a certain time where it's like, I don't want to hear new tunes on Old Broom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, their new tunes are new rhythms. And it's not super new rhythms or energetic rhythms. You know what I mean? Um, so, yo, shout out to Blunt Posse. Shout out to LP. You know what I'm saying? For featuring all of these different sound systems and artists and, and having them tell a little bit of their story. You know, I would love to see Blunt versus Cosmic. You know what I'm saying? I hope, you know, Puma said he's want, he wants to make it happen. He said he was about to call uh, Easy the next day. You know what I'm saying? To talk about it. So we'll see. Yo, even if it was internet, 
I'll definitely be interested in checking that out. Yeah, because they're not amateur sounds. That's the thing. You know, a lot of these online clashes nowadays, I'm not saying a lot of these sounds are amateur, but it's a lot of one selector who's in a certain place and, you know, he has control of the dub box or, you know, and it's not really that sound system experience, you know? Um, even, like, if you look at somebody like Speedy Stereo 5, you know, his stock has gone up and down <laughs> In the same <laughs> pandemic, you know what I mean. So, I know I'm talking reckless, but you know I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm uh, hey, man, I'm me. I'm a media personality now. I'm not a sound man, okay? So, <laughs> <laughs> I can say these things. Well, massive. We're gonna have a. We promise to do a sound clash episode. Sure. Before the end of the season, it's gonna be all. At least the main segment is going to be fully dedicated to an analysis of Sound Clash. Yeah, hopefully the editing team does not edit this out. You heard this? Khalil is admitting to you guys, everybody listening, that before the end of this current season in 2020, that we will have a show dedicated to Sound Clash. Okay? I'm speaking to the editors right now. Do not edit this out, please. I need this. Okay, continue. We're going to have a sound class show. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Hold the faith. Fingers crossed. Yeah, man. Big up to Jamaican State of Mind. Big up to Royal Ethiopian Sound. Yeah, man. Royal Ethiopian Wine. Check that out. Yeah, make sure you're in Georgia because I believe he said he can't, you know, cross states with that right now. So anybody, everybody, anybody in Georgia... Yo, you have people are fly are, are driving and you yeah, know driving, flying. flying, yeah, man, yeah, man. Before it's too late, son. I feel like you know, <laughs> next shutdown is coming. Get what you need now, now, yeah, now, 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 now. Yo, Georgia has everything you need right now, yo. All right, um, thank you for listening to the episode. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Yeah, man, watch out for that sound clash episode next week. <laughs> Peace. That was a good one. That was a good one. Alright. Reggae Lover Podcast was produced by Andres Agard and Aubrey Khalil Agard. Visit ReggaeLover.com for full show notes, archives, and more information. If you're interested in a sponsorship or donation, please email info at reggaelover.com. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Podcast. So let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors. I tell you what, I was listening to an audio book about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm -hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Stephens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole film crews that were down filming him, you know, all the members of the Whalers. He's having these conversations and these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows. He put all this information into a book. What's so great about it is it, it just immerses you into the experience, quoting Peter Bunny, the incidents that happened with Bob getting shot, the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage. And so you really get the excitement, the energy of what is going on 
that book right there, I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover, and there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car. If I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley. 